Welcome to Level 7, Episode 123, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 3, Episode 6, Among Us Hide. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Welcome, agents. Agent Ben, Agent Daniel here. I'm wondering, sir, are you enjoying sugary snacks? I am not enjoying sugary snacks. I am sitting here with a cup of tea. No sugary snacks. No, I do have my shield bottle filled with tea, but I also made sure to grab from the children's bowls while they were sleeping a wide assortment of snacks. Well, I have been holding off on the the sugary snacks this year because only two of my children went trick-or-treating this time around the rest of them stayed home and gave out the candy so there's there's part of me that thinks you might need a sad trombone no no it's all good it's all good all right well we're all fired up we're all sugary well at least one of us is fired up and ready to go hope i don't crash later yeah I, yeah i think maybe just keep it flowing. You, you yeah. won't crash as long as you keep the sugar flowing. I'm going to mainline it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of things you can do here, Daniel, to stay on top of things and, and to not just have that sugar crash. I think we should go ahead and put out a listener poll. Do I do the M&Ms, the Kit Kat, or the Reese's Peanut Butter? Cup? I don't think we have time for that. You must get this candy into your system right now. But please mute your microphone while you do so. Okay, why don't you play the intelligence report sounder, and I'll have some sugar. Okay, here we go. Shield intelligence report. And there is one news item that you have sent to me, and that we are going to talk about, and it's very brief. So, wow, wow you you were you were fast. Well, you know the buttons are right here; they're right in reach. I, I, I got the corner ripped off, but let's just talk about this. I'll just this, put it down. This news Fine. item. This news item that you sent me. Well, we have a new cast member yeah. for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. She's an actress you've never heard of, Ben. Yes, she is an actress I've never heard of. Her name's Palm. But her character I've heard of. Mantis. Mantis, yeah. I'm familiar so you, with Mantis because of 70s Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. I was going to say, and I know. So you and I had a little pre-show debate. You were like all about the 70s. And I was like, but she's in the Abnet run. She's the, oh, you'll totally get this language when I say it, okay? Okay, okay Star Trek fan? Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. She's the Deanna Troy of oh. the Guardians of the Galaxy by Abnett. I could see that, I could see that. Nope, she's totally in charge of their mental health and occasionally erasing their memories. Yeah, she's pretty powerful in, in the comics that I was reading that had her in it recently, but... Now she's, she's a part really of not Volume 2 of Guardians of the Galaxy. In the Abnet run, she's really not part of the field team either. Just hanging out with Chasma at nowhere. Well, actually, that doesn't sound like a bad gig to hang out with Cosmo in a great big giant head city planet. That that sounds like a I'm just saying that all of my out of all my favorite 
talking comic book hero dogs. Cosmo's my favorite. I think that that's a, a fair a fair statement for many many people, but I, I don't know. Maybe that should be our listener poll. What do you think? I think we should okay. poll our listeners to ask which one we should poll them about: candy or talking dogs. Clearly, candy. Well, there, that's the news. Ben, play a sounder, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chug some candy. All right, sounds like a plan. Mission report. All right, did you finish your Kit Kat in that? Brief moment you, of time. <laughs> you know me too well. Yeah, I did. It was delicious. Yeah, and I think the candy is is all that sugar is actually getting into our Skype connection. So uh, I'm. We've done what we can the, to fix it, but it's just not not fixing, and there's not much more we can do. So we're just gonna let the show go on and apologize right now for for this problem, and we'll just we'll just go on from there and hope that it. Uh, well, we'll just hope that Daniel can stay connected. Otherwise, I'll be doing this show solo. So I am laser focused. <laughs> Thanks to Kit Kat. So, Daniel, uh, basically, I've chopped this plot up into four columns on this uh, this piece of paper that I use to take notes upon. This notebook, graph paper. Ben, I'm going to say something I've never said before. Okay. You sound professional. It sounds like you have a complicated graph over there breaking down this episode. I do, and and it, it makes some sense here. Uh, I think we're going to just talk about this story in four chunks, not not act breaks, uh, not going beat by beat, but just by taking these brief outlines of these character plots for the story. And first we'll look at Daisy and Lance and their theories about Lash and going after Lash. Then we'll take a look at Coulson because those two dovetail together and then Ward and his whole Hydra mess and then May and Bobby. And that will take us into the great big giant reveal at the end of this episode. And we got things to talk about, Daniel. We have got things to talk about when we get to the end of this episode. Well, let's break into your first column or row. Okay. Column number one is yes. Daisy. And Daisy's story goes along with Lance. She She's partnering, well, I should say she and Mac are partnering with Lance because, you know, Lance, he's getting a, the bum rap, man. I mean, he, well, everyone blames him. Everyone blames him for what happened to Andrew. I don't know if Andrew does, but everyone else does. So Daisy's tracking down theories about Lash and Coulson gives her the go ahead to go ahead and do this, but be careful because he's going to be off on a tour of a facility with, with Rosalind. So Daisy talks to Andrew about Lash in a strangely long conversation that feels like maybe it's meant to set something up, uh, which I wouldn't have thought if listeners hadn't told us about their own theories. Then Mac comes to her and says, Hey, you know who really is the only person who could be lash? It's banks. And Lance comes along and says, Hey, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Rather than go eat worms. Can I come with you? So they follow banks and Lance goes off script. He goes, <laughs> he shoots banks with a, a nicer. They bring him in. It turns out he actually had a good idea. Test his blood for the inhuman markers. If you think he's lash, we test him. If he's Lash, he'd be an inhuman. If he's not, he wouldn't be. 
They need to get blood, so Lance punches the guy in the face. They leave Banks in the car, but not before they get a text message on Banks' phone that sends them to a place called Endotech. And they go to Endotech, and they send in a dwarf that has been rebuilt as a new one because uh, Fitz used his dwarfs up in, when he was on his Indiana Jones missions. And they go and take a peek inside, and what do they see? They see an inhuman in stasis being filed away, and they also see Coulson watching and not disapproving. So that's that's Daisy and Lance's uh, little little episode there. Mac is along with them, but Mac is really more the voice of reason that doesn't get listened to when Lance wants to do things that are kind of irresponsible. So, Daniel, I feel bad for Lance in this episode. I just well, want to go there first, man. I feel bad for Lance. Well, the thing is, this episode... They're making Lance very, very human because Lance has an anger issue. And because he missed his one shot, he's been benched. By the way, I am doing air quotes over here a lot. And because of that, he really doesn't know what to do. So he kind of drifts around for a while, gets in the way of Fitz, causes but, some trouble. But before you go away from Fitz, it's kind of funny because who else was hanging out with Fitz when they were benched from the field? Bobby. Bobby. I mean, this is this is Lance coming to Fitz and being, hey, can I help you? Bobby could, no. <laughs> but not you. <laughs> you're not a science guy. There, you're not a science bro slash bra. You're, you're not part of this. Get out of here. But, okay. I mean, I understand why you feel for him, but you feel for him because he did this action because he was trying to save his girl. It well, backfires uh, on Andrew, everyone believes, because though as Hunter keeps making the claim, you know, one way or another, he was going to do something to Andrew. And yeah, yeah. Can you really trust? I mean, this is the thing. You're talking to a guy who's a lying liar who lies, right? He's also a murdering murderer who murders. And this lying liar who lies, who also happens to be a murdering murderer who murders, says to you, hey, if you just let me go... I won't kill the most important person in your life other than your dad, who I tried to kill too, possibly. Now, who are you going to believe? Are you going to, are you going to believe the lying liar who lies and also murders? Or are you going to believe your gut, which says either way, if we let him go, he's going to kill that guy. Yeah. He, he's trapped. And again, we've kind of talked about this before, you know, when people take blame, well, now we've got our team blaming a uh, hunter for something that the bad guy did. They're blaming hunter for something that the bad guy did. And they're blaming hunter for going after the bad guy and trying to take him down because in hunter's mind, he's thinking if I was the bad guy, you wouldn't be able to trust me. I need to take this guy down. And yes, it might mean one person gets hurt. But this is one of those tough decisions. One person gets hurt, but we take down someone who's going to hurt many, many more people if he gets away. So as Hunter goes through his anger, you kind of get the feeling he's a little justified in being angry. I feel because yeah, I abs I absolutely feel that way. Now they keep making it he's got an anger issue, but I'd be angry. No. This is and I didn't even see the anger issue. I mean, maybe he stormed off in frustration when he goes and ices Banks. 
maybe, but I just thought this is, let's get the job done. And I've actually got a good plan and I'm going to use my fist to draw blood. But even that wasn't done in anger unless maybe it's just such a natural anger for him. I didn't, I wasn't feeling angry. I wasn't reading anger on his face when he did that. Is he angry? Is he just getting things done? Felt to me like he was just getting things done. Now, mind you, he's getting things done in a very violent way that I don't condone. I know people have suggested that I condone these things when I say I understand the character and I understand what's happening. But um, I, I do not condone torture and I do not condone punching someone in the face just to get their blood. There are easier ways like, you know, using a knife to prick his thumb like we used to do when we were kids and we would be blood brothers, you know? I'm just saying the whole blood situation to me felt a little weird because they're not a medical facility. They're not in a medical truck, so they can't take the blood, but yet they're prepared to send blood via cell phone after they punch him. Well, they have the tech. They just don't have the tools. But right. wouldn't they have like a field medical kit? <laughs> yeah. They, it seems like they would have a field medical kit, which might include some sort of needle for sewing up anyway. But yeah, that was a little contrived. But at the same time, it's shield tech, right? I mean, Fitz has given us a battery for a cell phone that lasted how many months? I think Fitz can give us a way to send data for cellular analysis over a cellular phone line. Maybe. Maybe. It so, felt like Knight Rider tech to me. Remember the old Knight Rider show? And when I say the old one, I mean the recent one from right. like six years ago. That's not. Okay. I, I I do remember it vaguely. Yes. Yeah. Their science got a little weird sometimes because <laughs> they would do stuff like that. So I get a little suspicious. Yeah. Well, I would trust S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I don't know if I would trust the, the Knight Foundation in the new Knight Rider. I'm just saying, there was a lot of, we got this problem, but don't worry. We have a technological solution with no grounding in the real world right here for it. Yes. I mean, they, they, they were taking their cues from Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm just going to put it out there. Not set in the 2000s, just saying. Yes, but possibly set in the same universe because there is a connection between kit and data. We are not going to go there right now, but... I was going to say, that's that sounds like a different show. It is definitely a different show. Uh, so let's talk about Daisy then. She's looking tremors. for... Tremors. Tremors. I, I like it. I like it. It's cute. Well, it's a it's a partial reaching out to Quake. You, you start with Sky, you become Daisy, then you become Tremors, and then before you know it, you're Quake. Yeah. But it's also nice. I mean, it, that's a relationship uh, signal right there. Mac has this cute name for her. It shows their friendship. They, they, he is very fond of her. He wouldn't call her Tremors if he didn't like her. And, and it's, it's true, Toodles. It's true. I know. <laughs> uh, sometimes I wish you didn't like me and would stop calling me Toodles. But you know what? Can I say? Yeah, it's, it's better it's than the, the shoe old one. Huggy bear. Yeah. Huggy bear. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, then you realize that I wasn't very huggy, and so just bear didn't really fit. Anyway, Daniel, here we are. We're with Daisy, and she goes and talks to Andrew about Lash. And, you know, 
I don't want to talk too much about the actual situation with Andrew and his connection to the inhuman known as Lash. But this conversation went on. No, it wasn't a long conversation, but it went on long enough for me to be thinking about some of our listeners who have had theories about Andrew being Lash. And I'm starting to think, well, would they have done this conversation if he wasn't? Would they have spent this much time with him just talking about Lash with her? This feels like foreshadowing. This feels like writerly stuff. Oh, you, you professional writer calling it out. Did you feel taking it? away the magic? Did you feel it, Daniel? I did. It is definitely feeling a foreshadowing, and I was getting a little angry at because that Andrew was not my candidate. Yeah, to be was foreshadowed. Was Banks your candidate? No, uh, because I'm wondering how many people were thinking I was right when they started going after Banks, and I'm thinking, oh, they're going after Banks. It can't be him. Exactly. And so I'm also wondering how many lead. people who thought it was Banks and who are like, oh, they're going after Banks. I was wrong. Uh, it, it just. You know, this is one of those times where the fan speculation. Uh, I don't know if it enhanced or if it spoiled this episode because this fan speculation was correct when they were talking about Andrew. And so I was actually thinking about Andrew and thinking about the fan speculation about banks. And I, I can't decide, was it spoiled or was it enhanced because of the conversation? I, I'm going to go with enhanced. I also but. feel like it was enhanced. And and I feel now that we've got this fan theory done, it's time for us to uh, look at the Qui-Gon Jinn as a Sith theory. <laughs> Why are you bringing that up? I texted that to you crazy, in confidence. Crazy. It's not crazy. crazy. Qui-Gon Jinn could have totally been a Sith. He pushed Anakin on the Jedi Council. He made Obi-Wan promise to Just take... because a Force user chooses a path that's not Jedi, it doesn't make them a Sith. Well, I think that it is quite possible that Qui-Gon did what he did on purpose, knowing that Anakin was going to cause trouble, not bring balance. Or at least bring balance. In, in, he brought balance, but that Anakin was going to cause trouble in bringing balance. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. And and really, it's for another podcast. It's for a different podcast, Daniel. So let us move on. Let us move on. Banks. They're going after Banks. <laughs> and it's a fun little element. I, I like what they do. I like the whole, you know, we're following, we're we're being sneaky sneaks, and they're they they come to a dead end with 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 Banks, as far as him being the inhuman known as Lash, but it's not a dead end as far as their investigation. And then you have that reveal that Coulson is right there, and he's not mad. He's not acting like he disapproves. He is being judged guilty. Not because he did the thing, but because he's not doing the other thing. Well, is this a good time for me to defend my boy? I think you should defend your boy after we talk about the Coulson plotline. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there will be time for you to defend your boy. I have things boy, to say. But I, I have things to say about them right now. I feel like Daisy, I mean, she's already had a conversation with Coulson about Rosalind. And I feel like Daisy's being unfair. I just I don't think she's looking for a new mom. 
she doesn't have to look for a new mom. You know, she just has to not be so judgmental about, but, you know, this is, this is AC we're talking about here, you know, and he plays things cool. She's expecting him to rant and rave and yell and scream, or at least show, you know, a whole bunch of displeasure on his face. And he is, he's confronting Rosalind about this in. The- uh, see, I, I do like how he's smiling and says, this is like a horror show. Yeah. And so it's not like he's going nuts. He's being professional, but he's like, yeah, this is, this is horrible. Yeah. This is, this is the worst thing ever. You, you do understand that what you're doing here is not good. This but is kind of a hot means, mess you've got here, Roz. But that means that Daisy's not going to see his words. She's just going to see his face. So should we, should we move on to Colson? I mean, there's not really much to talk about with Mac and Banks is kind of a non-entity here. He's, well, he's the MacGuffin really we, for Daisy's little storyline here. We do. We do leave Daisy's storyline here with the fact that maybe she trusts Colson a little less. Maybe she does because think, of what she's seen. Uh, I absolutely think she does. And, and I, I don't like it. I mean, I, I don't feel like it's a, I don't feel like she has a right to be feeling the way she feels. I feel like maybe it could bite us again in the future. Yeah. I, I she has ever, I, I, let me rephrase. She has the right to feel that way, but she should also do a little more due diligence and not be so judgmental so quickly. Let's put it that way. Are you saying she's a judgy judger who judges? No, I'm just saying she's a little judgy. Oh, I catch the difference. <laughs> As opposed to the judgy judger who judges. Yeah. Um, I, right, I understand well, they're, they're using it to set up conflict between two friends and two close relationships. They have they have a very close relationship, but this is putting up uh, you know a wall in between them. Because she's seeing what she's perceiving this as Colson is letting down his guard and Colson is allowing things to happen that he wouldn't. But, you know, she's got to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's 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 where I'm going with that. So, well, on to Antiques Roadshow then. Oh, man. <laughs> so Colson's going to go for a tour of the facility. And he actually gets picked up on the street because they don't want to give away the position of his base, but he's going to go and visit her base. But she gets an emergency call and she says, now is the time for you to get out. And Coulson refuses to get out. And she says, fine. Okay. And we're going home. They go home to her house. It's been robbed. There's some police officers there. Nothing's been stolen though. There's brand new furniture, lots of books about Margaret Thatcher, a baseball bat, and Colson realizes, you know, this is you're playing me. You're playing me here. You don't want me to see your base. And so you're you're bringing me burgers that I love. You're you've got this baseball bat with people on it that I would recognize. And so I find interesting. You're playing me. Take me to your base. She throws the burgers in the garbage. Says, fine, let's go. So they go to the base and there he is standing there watching as they bring in in humans, in stasis, plenty of shelving to put them on. They've planned ahead in their their uh, design of this warehouse. Uh, and he is 
mortified by this. He does not like what they are doing there. He does not agree with what they are doing there. However, as much as he doesn't agree with what the organization is doing, the conversation that he's having with Rosalind takes a turn and they seem to appreciate each other's company just a little bit. Is that a fair place to stop with, with that? It is. I mean, we're, we're left at the question of do you like or like like me? I don't know if they quite were going to go that far with the question, but they, they, they went with that, that earlier question. There's the do you like me? And then there's the, do you like me, like me, or do you just like me? And then there's, do you love me? And we're definitely... Nobody ever said that. That just got weird, Toodles. Uh, they do say that. I, I point you to Fiddler on the Roof with Tevia and his wife. Of course, that was an arranged marriage, and he was really curious if she did love him. But <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Colson and Rosalind. I mean, that's what this whole segment here is about. Their relationship. Two directors of two organizations that deal with crazy, whacked out, funky stuff. Both of them are trying to protect people. And Rosalind seems to have a pretty good reason for what she's doing. Do you do you believe her, though? Do I believe the the cancer story died of cancer? This is us finding a cure. Well, let me just go ahead and start with some of this. Cure. Does Ro- is Rosalind working on a cure? Maybe. She says Possibly. she is. She's close to a cure. Well, even if she is working on a cure, I I don't buy that. Even if she thinks she's almost got it. She she doesn't, because one of the things that has been established in the comic books that I think they're going to stick to on the show and something they've even talked about here on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is once you're inhuman, you're inhuman. It is what it is. There's no going back. Well, maybe it's not a cure, but maybe it's a way of suppressing the genes. But to suppress it, you'd have to suppress it kind of for everybody in different ways. You know what I mean? They're all different. There's no, I mean, there might be markers. You know, they're trying to find these markers in banks. But that doesn't mean that their DNA is the same, that their blood chemistry is the same. There is no cure for these folks. So at least when I watch her stack these these people in comas, I'm kind of depressed. Well, and you're saying there is no cure. I think there's another question involved in that in the and that question really is, is it a disease? Because that's what she's equating it to. She's saying, I wish I could have put my husband in stasis. And we could have found a cure for him then maybe. And I'll answer no. It's metamorphosis. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think it is a disease. And now yeah. now, the other hand though, whether there's a cure or not. Her explanation of we are trying to protect their families. We are trying to protect the people. And that's similar to what they did with uh, the guy in the the first episode. I can't remember his name now. We haven't seen him since. I thought we were going to see him more. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name now. But the melter. Yeah. I mean, they basically were taking him, putting him away from the rest of the world so they could help him get his powers under control. Well, but there's a little bit of difference. Well, there's, Roz is, well, there's Roz a lot is of difference. Him out. 
There's all no, there's a, a huge amount of difference. The but the motivation behind it is the same. We want to protect the people you love by by keeping you away from them for now, and also protect the people you love by you know because if you're around them and you have these powers, people are going to come after you and they could get hurt too. But you know the methods are very very different and not at all in the same realm. But the it's the, the weirdest Costco is. ever. It's a big box store, literally. Oh, that absolutely looked like uh, Sam's Club. Yeah, Sam's Club was in humans on the shelves. Yeah, easy set to put together, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, do I believe Rosalind? I mean, Rosalind's there to do a job. I have a hard time equating cancer to inhuman metamorphosis in the sense of. It's not the same thing. I mean, she lost her husband. These people haven't lost their lives yet. Yeah, they may have hurt people on accident, but they didn't all. And and to be blunt, not every inhuman manifests in a way that you really need to keep them under control. That's true. That's true. I mean, there's no assessment. There's no triage. She's This is classic heroes, bag them and tag them. And, and so when they tag them, they're sticking them into a coma. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that you have going on here, though, is Coulson accuses her of trying to humanize herself. She did it with a Thunderbird. And then she did it with her house. That he, he accuses her of staging a break in to her own house that she doesn't really even live in. It's brand new furniture. I'm wondering how quickly they put this together if it was a staged thing. If when she said, fine, we're going to go home, she then quickly gets on the phone and says, hey, plan QST. And they send some police over to, to turn over some furniture and stuff. But he accuses her of trying to humanize herself in his eyes to soften his view of her and to make him, you know, basically like her a little bit more. Is the cancer story uh, an extension of that? Is the story about her husband, even if it's true, is that her again using that to say, well, I'm humanizing myself. I have had a great loss and that great loss is what motivates me to do this thing that you don't approve of. It easily could be. I mean, the thing is, is her her apartment feels like a trap. It just feels like a trap. But there's certain things that I can write off. So like the Thatcher books. I get the Thatcher books. Thatcher was the Iron Lady. Our UK listeners could probably give us an entire episode about Margaret Thatcher, the politician. She is seen as this tough, real politique, get the job done prime minister. And I think Bra's images her, perceives herself that way. She's tough and she gets the job done. And so it makes sense that you know, Margaret Thatcher would be her her role model. So I could see seeing those around. I have an excuse for the new furniture. New furniture? How long has she had this job? Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, my excuse for the new furniture is that it's new because it's not being sat on. I mean, it's not being used because she's working a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I would say that you take the fact that she's just recently moved 
because she took on this position. She's taken jobs internationally. She probably doesn't move her furniture. She probably doesn't have a lot of sentimentality towards things, except for the occasional baseball bat, which you can apprise on the Colson Roadshow. <laughs> yeah. At first, he picks up the bat, and I'm thinking, are they really going there to show us how much alike they are? And now the question is, did she plant it there? No. Out of all the objects, that's the bat is the one that she got emotional about. Was it her husband's? Yeah, I would assume so. And and so, I mean, I want to say she they showed us that reaction for a reason. Could be because they want us to really understand she's a really good play actor. But at the same time, again, all, all those things, that's the thing she really seemed to react to the most. Now, I do think we still have the open question, which was who was there and what was stolen. I mean, it's not a it's not Lash, because Lash was somewhere else, wink wink, nudge nudge. <laughs> it wasn't Daisy. You know, who broke in and didn't take anything valuable? And I'm gonna be honest, if it was Shield and they broke in, wouldn't they have taken something valuable just to cover themselves up? Yeah, I mean, this was obviously a setup. This was, I I think, I'm with Coulson. She doesn't admit to it, but she comes very close to admitting to. Man, but now that he likes her, you know, but it definitely yeah. feels like we're Does he here. like her or does he like her like her? Because this is where my emotional, my emotional energy got a little bit of, of spending here. Um, what about what about the cellist? Is he just going to forget about the cellist? I mean, is Rosalind really so wonderful to make you forget about the cellist, Coulson? Well, sometimes when you see the same person and, you know, they're of the opposite sex. When I say the same person, I mean they're just like you and the opposite sex. You at least want to go check it out. Well, and who is, she, who is he spending more time with? I mean, that's that's the thing. He's spending Listen. more time at work with this other woman. He's not spending any time with the cellist because, you know, he can't. I think they're on a break. But they've never officially announced the break. Like, Are you how, saying if he, how much he, time has to go where you're pretending you don't know someone to protect them from the crazy superpowered enemies who might go after them if they knew you cared about them? How much I'm just time saying, he's been dead since the Battle of New York? I'm telling you, if this was a Seinfeld episode, that would be the question that would come up. Hey, speaking of Seinfeld episodes. Yeah. Coulson is channeling Nick Fury from the comics in Secret Warriors. What do you mean? He gives his detachment lecture. He goes all Jedi on us. Not going to get emotional. I mean, we, we've talked about the Nick Fury Jr. comic where he goes back to the 60s and sees his dad as a younger man. And how he talked about, I didn't know this guy. Well, because the guy that he knew, old man Fury, was loud and angry and just mean. You know, he, he was detached and unemotional. And a few times today, it was like, oh, Colson's pulling that. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling a detached and unemotional. I'm a, I'm feeling a, I'm going to, you know, put on my poker face because 
I don't want people to know what I really feel about this. You know, I, I, he has to play, he has to play poker with her, you know, he, but he's, he's telling this to his team, not to her. Yeah. I mean, these are the lessons that, that Nick Fury and secret warriors was trying to teach Daisy. Maybe so. Um, detach yourself, make the tough decision, do what you got to do. And I don't know if I like it. Well, I'm I'm okay with it right now because I I do still feel like we've got we've got old Coulson back here. We've got the Coulson with the humor. We've got the Coulson with the drive. We've got the Coulson with the moral center. We've got the right man in the right position. And I I and I feel like Daisy's she's got to give him the benefit of the doubt. But she just hasn't yet. She will. She'll come around when she realizes who he really is, what he's really doing. But you want to talk about someone who doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt? Um, Ward. Ward. Yeah. Ward, who actually literally says, I don't need to be redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> like, are we talking to well, the fans here? <laughs> it's... It works for me, buddy. You don't need to be redeemed. You uh, need to. But the redemption we're talking about is redemption in the eyes of Hydra. You know, and, and he still doesn't need to be redeemed there, he says. But um, yeah, Ward's story here is, is pretty simple. Okay, here, I need you to tell it to me. Okay. So I can open up this delicious Reese's peanut butter. Now, hold cup. on. Don't chew on the microphone, though, okay? Well, I'm, I won't. That, you need to talk for a little while. The worst it's thing in delicious. the world that can happen is when podcasters are eating food into the microphone. Daniel. Hey, it's the one time a year we have all this leftover candy. <sighs> Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Okay. And I'm I'm starting to you have sugar. You have like five five bullet points here to eat that. So get get going. All right. All right. Twenty minutes it is. No, no, five bullet points. Five bullet points here. First of all, they must find Van Strucker because the kid is off the grid. He's run away. Second of all, when Strucker is hiding, he's hiding with a guy named Malik, who is a formerly high-ranking official in Hydra. Third, Malik talks to Von Strucker, Werner Von Strucker, the son, and says, your father and I would not allow this, talking about how Ward is handling things with Von Strucker. Ward's not doing a very good job by putting Von Strucker in the field as he did. Fourth, Malik contacts Ward and gives up Von Strucker's location. Basically saying, you know, I made a choice here. I signed up with you and you owe me next time I come around. Finally, fifth of all, Malik uh, gets in Ward's good graces and Ward sends his number one henchman in. Number one henchman finds Von Strucker, strings him up, starts to torture him. And then stabs him as the doors bust down with two people coming through that we'll talk about next. There we go. Five bullet points, Daniel. Are you done? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> peanut Reese's peanut butter cups are the best. I wouldn't say that, but I'm not a big fan of peanut butter. Little known fact about me, Daniel. Do you know how many peanut butter sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I've had in my life? Two. Yes. It's two. 
I so do. know you. Yeah, and I can't say I enjoyed either of them. But well, we now know what's wrong. <laughs> so, Von Strucker, his story arc is kind of done here. He's scared of Ward, but he's also scared of something else that we'll find out about when we talk about it in our next little little bundle there. But Ward, he's the man. He's the Hydra high power right now. Well, and since the World Council guy is willing to talk to him, it shows you that he has some authority and power. Malika's World Council? Okay. Let's think about this for a second. Yeah. I'm thinking. Same actor. Avengers. Nuclear missile. New York City. It's the same guy. Is it? You think it's the same guy? It's not just the same actor. No, it totally is. Totally is. Okay. I I mean, it was in the news reports when he was cast. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think that... Well, I mean, it's the same actor in real life. Right, but... I wouldn't say it's the same guy. I mean, it's Powers Booth. Right, but it, if it's the same guy, I mean, it would make sense, World Council or not, S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA, you know, there was a whole infiltration thing going on there. Um, but I just did not make that connection, even though I had heard all of the the news items about this guy. I'll be honest, I really like calling him just World Council guy, because I want to see that happen. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. It's 50-50. <laughs> It'd be totally fun if it was. But again, same actor. Was he in Civil War, though? He wasn't in Civil War. No. He wasn't in Winter Soldier, either. I mean, that's not what... I'm in mean, Winter Soldier, not Civil yeah, War. Yeah, he's not in Winter Soldier. He's only on those screens in Avengers. And does he have a name in the Avengers credits? <sighs> Okay, I'm you looking. I'll look. I'll look. I'll look. I'll look. Avengers, IMDb. Why do I have to be the one who talks for a while? Ooh, uh, well, because okay. I cannot type and talk at the same time. Okay, fine. I, if it is the same guy, it really makes sense. Well, it's the same actor. Yeah, but and, I mean, it, this he's is... in a. He's just credited as World Security Council. Okay, you know what? I think the case could very easily be made that's the same guy until they tell us he's not. Holy smokes. What? He is in 17 episodes. Of what? That can't be right. Of so, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No. No. They, they've they got him listed on IMDb, which is often inaccurate. Yes, it is. 17 episodes. But here's what's interesting. What's, so they've got him listed as being in a, Among Us Hide and Chaos Theory. Okay. Chaos Theory is, which episode? Is it next week? It's next week. And then all the other episodes, they've got him for the rest of the season listed. But they're all listed as episode 3.8, 3.9, 3.10, 3.11. That can't be true. He cannot be in all 17, can he? Well, he could be. From here on out? If he's going to be a part of the whole Ward subplot. Now, again... IMDb does have inaccurate information sometimes, especially when it's information about things that have yet to be be released. I mean, Lincoln's not in this many episodes. Well, until they tell us he's not, until they show us that he's someone else, this guy, it it makes sense. 
Wow, but that's that's quite a that's quite a connection. That's that's a nice that's a nice get. That's a nice a nice callback to old Hydra and the, well, and the, and the power that is, they used to have. The thing about it that would be awesome, where I say it's fifty fifty, is they're setting him up as being a old old Hydra with the stress on old. Ward stressing that hard. But the other thing is, is he was the guy that everybody else was afraid of. So who would our friend Robert Redford have been afraid of? I don't know. Maybe somebody on the World World Council. Yeah. And, you know, he's the guy who he might end up being Ward's uh, antagonist, but he also might end up being, hey, here's here's old Hydra and new Hydra coming together and rebuilding, you know, because let's learn from S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield had a hard time rebuilding when there was two different factions going at each other. Well, and I'll throw this one out here too. Does Ward crave a mentor slash father figure? I mean, right at the moment he's striking out against one, but I mean, there was a reason why um, he was able to be manipulated before by Garrett. Um, and now we've got an older Hydra senior willing to mint. I mean, he's mentoring him here. He's well, explaining the rules of the game to him. And did you almost, I almost had the impression that one of the reasons why Von Strucker was sent out as early as he was, was to draw this guy out. Uh, now he was named Malik. I don't know if they ever actually named him on the screen. He was named Malik in the, the subtitles as I was watching, but I, I almost feel like Ward was sending Von Strucker out and eventually he was going to run and and this is where he would run to and well he does have the connections so i and, and if that's the case then maybe it is a kind of thing that you're talking about where it's hey let's get some old blood in here so i can you know learn how to be a better evil leader <laughs> but i mean it may not even be a conscious thing he gravitated to garrett because garrett fulfilled the father role and he was a mentor I think he actually did gravitate toward Coulson because, again, another mentor. That's something that Ward, again, he's lashing out against mentors now by attacking Coulson and by stressing this whole new young Hydra image. But is that just him trying to overcompensate for the fact that he really does need a mentor in his life? I don't know. I think we'll find out more. But... This connection to the Avengers, I, if they don't take that angle, I think that's a really serious mistake. This is what we call in the leadership business, buddy, low hanging fruit. It's dangling. It's right there. This guy's got power. He's got authority and he scares everyone. And you know who else has power and authority and scares everyone? Ward. And by everyone, I mean Von Strucker. Oh, he's terrified. He is. He is. And now, is Von Strucker dead? Um. Well, he's, no. Well, he's dying, at least. I mean, Andrew wasn't dead. The, uh, my last bit right here, and, and I want to do it now rather than when he dies in May's arms or maybe dies in May's arms. Um, <laughs> here we thought... This is a redemption of the Von Strucker name, a redemption in storytelling terms anyway. 
for how he died on you know off screen in Avengers Age of Ultron. And and this gave that death a little bit of meaning because here is another von Strucker to come along and to to carry on the name and to you know do the things that his father couldn't do, et cetera, et cetera. And he's dead already. Maybe. Possibly. But he's he's in the the hands of Shield. He's literally in the arms of Shield. Um being cradled as as he breathes his last in the arms of Agent Melinda May. Sorry, what what were we saying? Oh, I got distracted by your poetry about yeah. Agent May. So here we are. Wow. If he's not dead, is he now in a shield asset? And if he is dead, is he is it another wasted death? Did they Boba Fett this, him? Don't take him to the playground. Did they Boba Fett him? That's the question. No. Again, at least he was on screen. You know, he got a good beating from hench, henchman number one. Yeah, but it feels so, so wasted. It feels so like, why bring in that guy with the Von Strucker name? Hey, hey, Other than this, well, who else is going to be able to get to Malik, right? As fast as this season's gone, buddy. We're lucky he made it through a quarter of an episode. Yeah. Well, are you ready to talk about Agent May and Agent uh, Bobby? Oh, Morse. Let's talk about him. Well, first thing is, Andrew's not dead. And we talked about this. No body, so possibly he's not dead. And, but there's a body. He's there. It's, uh, his head is looking a little worse for wear, but he's in that neck brace. And he tells a story about how uh, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. who was tailing him saved his life. He was approached by three men, one of them a student that he trusted or knew. And next thing you know, Coulson's standing over him, helping him. That agent saved his life. So even though he's not dead, May is still not happy. And so May, May confronts Lance. And then uh, she's going to start following leads with Hydra, but she needs a team, right? And so she goes and she confronts Bobby and attacks Bobby and turns out she's testing Bobby to see if Bobby is field ready. So they go into the field together. They go to a safety deposit box where, uh, well, uh, or rather a bank that has safety deposit boxes where Von Strucker has gone to, to get money and, and false, ide- false identification. They have a little bit of trouble there. And then they use that information that Fitz gets from what they picked up in the bank to find out where Von Strucker is. They go to Von Strucker just as he is being tortured. They burst in henchman. Number one for Ward stabs Von Strucker. Von Strucker is now dying. May fights two men in the apartment. Bobby goes out to the pool outside of the apartment building or the hotel and fights two men, then fights henchman. Number one, Bobby conquers her fears for being out in the field after what Ward had done to her. May then beats her two guys up, takes down Von Strucker, asks him, where's Ward? Because that's the answer to the question that we need answered before he dies. And instead we get a story about what happened when they went after Andrew. Basically, Andrew is Bill Bixby and he turns into a Lou Ferrigno 
as these men approach him. Andrew is Lash. What? And then in our teaser scene, Andrew's probing uh, Daisy for some information about where Lincoln might be. Because Lincoln does call Daisy. And Daisy trusts Andrew. Well, and why wouldn't she? Things. He's a trusted advisor, as we saw in the in, in the trailer for next week's episode. Yeah. So, have you been paying attention to Twitter? Uh, to our Twitter account? Mm-hmm. No, I have not. Oh, there's Agent Jessica says, uh, snap, I so called it. Hope a no prize isn't coming my way. Yeah, we have a few agents who deserve a no prize. Uh, she is definitely one. Should we do it now, or should we wait no, until our... Go ahead, play Okay, all right. The new prize winner of the day. Yeah, and, and, and there and were a couple the, agents who thought Andrew, for the record, but uh, definitely Agent Jessica was one of the first, if not the first. Can I read to you a text from my phone? You may. So called it on Lash. And who is that from? Agent Jeff. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of a lot of people. And, you know, it was logical to call it. It's not out of nowhere, this theory. It's a theory that, you know, it's a surprise still. It wasn't so obvious. Uh, but when we had some people lay out some information for us last week about their theory, it made sense. It made absolute sense. But I do feel like maybe perhaps we, we need to play like a, a montage with a Sarah McLaughlin song over it. Where we think about the, the good times, the theories we had? that we lost. Oh, you mean Rosalind Banks, Garrett Simmons, all of those possible unknown, inhumans, unnamed that character that we haven't met before. Oh, unnamed character! I I know you were rooting for unnamed character. I ben. was. I was. I lost him, man. That unnamed mm -hmm. character is gone now forever. We'll all never know who theories. it was. We'll never know who it was. Or wasn't. Or wasn't. Because it's Andrew. And it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it escalated quickly. Uh, but I don't know where in this episode I would have actually figured it out if we hadn't had those conversations. Because I still, I, I still, even though I was had Andrew in my mind as they're kind of talking about things... I still wasn't convinced. I'm still in my mind going, well, it could be him, but it also could not be him. Oh, well, you know, maybe Von Strucker lied. That's a very specific lie about something he doesn't know about, though. Well, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, maybe he's lying. And then you see that end. You see the tag and you're like, hey, he's not lying. Well, and that the, the, the pointed question that he asked Daisy was, oh, you saw him do that? That's not possible. Is it? And first of all, I'm thinking, well, you guys live in a universe where not only do we have the Incredible Hulk, but we also have Daisy's dad, who <laughs> kind of does a little bit of a transformation thing. But then he says, did you see the guy? And as soon as he asked that, I'm feeling, oh, and that that's what turned me toward the, the theory that people had already given us. And... Yeah, those that was a a good theory. 
my theory, unfortunately, was kind of dumb. I'm going to talk about why I'm not sure that I like this turn of events, but we'll get to that. Well, I would say, if anything, I'm a little bit confused about Lash's motivations now. Yeah, let's because talk I about don't that even know what Lash's motivations are. Because the thing is, is everything that I know about Andrew is that he's a healer and he he tries to help and he doesn't do harm and he's taken an oath and and the thing is, is Lash. I, we've been told Lash is trying to heal. You know, he's trying to do the right thing, but. <sighs> Well, do you want to go there? I mean, you want to have the Andrew's conversation rational. now? Andrew should know. You want to have the conversation now? You want to talk about Lash? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Because here's the thing. The, there's a couple different questions here. One is, does he not have control of himself? Or when he turns into Lash, is he someone different? Is it a, a split personality kind of thing? I don't think so, though. I don't think this is a Hulk type of thing or a uh, Captain Marvel Shazam kind of thing. because he turns into lash on command and then turns back on command. And he does seem to be understanding what's occurring, but here's the other interesting thing that I never noticed before. And I don't know if it's because we never actually saw this or if it was because I just hadn't been looking carefully. If you look on his shoulder on, and I think it's on both shoulders, but it's at least on his, his right shoulder. I think there's some scarring on his in his skin it's it looks like ceremonial scarring or you know i totally a, noticed this too a design to the scar and what's that from so the question is when did he become lash is this the kind of thing where andrew says you know what this fish oil thing i'm dealing with a lot of people with this fish oil thing maybe i should get in contact with this fish oil thing and just see what happens to me Maybe I'm an inhuman or no, we've got the he, whole he disappeared thing, you know? Yeah. Or was he an inhuman before? Because the scars that suggests that there was, this has been going on for a long, long time. So when did this start? When did this end? You know, with, with, uh, with may was, was he a lash with her? Early on in their relationship, it, I don't know. I there's don't a know. lot of questions. A lot of questions. I mean, they gave us a huge answer, a huge, huge answer. This was the kind of episode. This could have been a, a season cliffhanger. Here's, here's not, the good a, a mid-season cliffhanger, I should say. Here's the good news. What's the good news? We know that they're going to tell us next week because that's the pace of this series. They're going to tell season. us soon. Yeah, <laughs> they are. It's not like we're going to sit around. So, yeah, but as far as motivation goes, then who knows? I mean, we can speculate, but I don't even feel like I can really speculate with any kind of um, knowledge. You know, any speculation that I give is going to be pure guessing. It's not going to be, oh, because of this, this and this. He seems to care for people. Is destroying inhumans caring for? I mean, is he, okay. So we've got Coulson and his team, Shield. Okay, yeah, Shield. They want to protect inhumans, and so that means removing them from their community, removing them from society, until they can get control. Then you have 
Roslyn. Well, and you're also protecting them because they're not being hunted by things like the ACT. Right, right. But then you have Roslyn, who she, if we are going to take her at face value, looks at being an inhuman as a disease. She is trying to quarantine the infection of this disease by, by not letting them hurt people by putting them into stasis until they can find a cure. And then do you have a third level, which is lash where it's destroy them all before you've got four more levels to get buddy four more levels. I'm not going to even go there right now because my brain, my brain is a little bit tired just thinking about lash and what does he want? What does he really I, want? What does he have to gain? I don't from know because he seems so rational. <sighs> Sometimes rational people are hiding the crazy on the inside. Well, he's definitely hiding something on the inside. Sometimes crazy people like me are what we are. So, Lash, yeah. Your speculation, dear listener, is maybe not just, I was just about to say as good as ours. But I'd like to hear them. And I, I'm actually thinking maybe your speculation would be a little bit better than ours on this one because, um, you know, we never saw it coming except for you who put the bug in our ear to look for it. And hey, we're not going to play that sounder all night. What, the no price sounder? We're not doing that. No, we can't. Although, yeah, Agent, Agent Jessica, nice job. And I can't think of anyone else by name right now without going back to our, our feedback and stuff right now, but it seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, then you have may. And so may her whole thing, this episode, it's an interesting character arc that she goes on because it starts out just anger for what people did to Andrew. Then she's going after the guy who did this to Andrew And then she finds the guy who hurt Andrew and the guy who hurt Andrew gives her the story that Andrew is not what he seems. And except for that last part, that's pretty much the Hunter storyline from earlier this season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe we'll find out that uh, Bobby Morse is some sort of crazy monster thing, too. You take that back. I won't. She did create a crazy monster thing, you know. Dude, dude. She did. Nobody wants to hear about it. I'm not saying anything about it. I'm just saying that she did. So, I mean, speaking of bringing out the crazy monster, I mean, that's a that was some test that may put uh, Bobby through. Yeah, yeah. And apparently the answer is six. What's that? What's How many episodes can Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. go before they're no longer able to function without Bobby hitting something with a stick. Yeah, it was a good return to form for her. And so here you have Bobby overcoming basically PTSD or, or a form of that with, because of what Ward did to her. And this is this is her overcoming that by going back out in the field, facing her fears, dealing with one of the men who was involved with that whole situation. And I think it was handled well. I really do. I did enjoy the scene with uh, May and Bobby in the bank. And I did enjoy the little. Well, okay. I I do have concerns with that scene. May, May makes it seem like Bobby is skittish. Okay. Bobby is skittish. Okay. Yes. 
but you're I unwilling you're and unable to fight because you wouldn't fight. Well, she was being smart. I mean, yes, but here's here's what May is saying. You th- were doing the right thing, maybe, but you were doing it for the wrong reason. You weren't looking for a way out of the situation without fighting because you wanted to avoid the fight because of, you know, that's the better way. You were wanting to avoid the fight because you didn't want the fight. And, right. and I, I know what you're there. saying, but again, you, you got to give Bobby credit for being smart. Absolutely. I think it was the right thing to do. It She's was part of the science gang. It was the carrot and the stick whole, whole kind of situation. And if you can do this without a fight, yeah, go for it. This is that's, that's what you should be doing. Problem solving doesn't have to resort to fists unless one of the guards reaches for their gun. And then I did, I did like the apology that May gave, gave to the banker guy right before she knocked him out. But nice Boom. little character moment. Cute. All right. So that's our episode. Whew. It was it was dense. A lot of character stuff going on here. A lot. Anger issues, scaredy, fighty, fighty issues. You know, people are actually demons. I mean, and humans. And Ross is married. Yeah. And next episode, she'll pass a note. Do you like me? Circle wink, one. Wink. Circle yes or no. If no, then you draw the lines. Even though it's lined paper, you draw the lines on the lined paper to give that person the place to explain why they don't like you. Why did we do that, Daniel? I I didn't. I did once. I was going to say, it this did is not way well. too complicated, buddy. It did not go well. Well, you gave room for rebuttal. You don't want a rationale. You just I, need the no. Yeah. No one walk away. It's true. Don't give people a reason to say no. You know, if she says no, you just, your little eight-year-old self needed to accept it. I wasn't and, eight. I was 14, I think. I don't know. Oh, jeez. Hey, I was not a very good. I wasn't very good with the ladies. Let's just put it that way. Hey, you needed to be like the rest of us that weren't good with the ladies until we were in college. I am. And when I say ladies, I mean the one that would eventually become Mrs. Butcher. <laughs> um, You needed to be at home watching, reading comic books like the rest of us. I was. I was. Yeah. On that note, I think it's time for us to look to our, our listeners for some of their listener feedback and then talk a little bit about heroes after the credits. Of course. Are you ready? It all depends on how long the candy will take me. <laughs> Here we go. Shield field report. Put down that candy, Daniel, because we have a lot of feedback. Oh, jeez. Uh, this one I'm editing a little bit, uh, mainly because we do have the uh, the rating s- system in iTunes. And so there's also words in here that I wouldn't necessarily use in my own <laughs> course of normal conversation. So uh, this is from but you Agent- know what? Some of them are fun words. Well, uh, this is from Agent Adam. And Agent Adam, <laughs> I've, I've been trying to decide if I would uh, you know, go the funny route and use the sensor beep. And I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to s- skip over the words, but this was sent like immediately, immediately after our, uh, 
the the episode of, of Agents of Shield aired, and it says, "Agents, I haven't had a chance to listen to this week's pod. I'm listening. I'm, I'm just assuming you're both as stunned as me. I'm still pretty lost for words after just watching that amazing episode. And by amazing, I mean uh, this is where I'm doing a little bit of editing. I'm sorry, Agent Agent Adam. It's just, uh, that was something else." The feels, all those bloody feels for Fitz, that poor, poor man. But at the same time, what a man. I reckon that friendship zone he's stuck in is probably lonelier than that bloody planet. Right, downloading your pod now. Yours sincerely, Agent Adam. Yeah, I think we all had a lot of feelings going on last last week. Different feelings this week. Last week was more of an emotional experience. This week was more of a shock and awe kind of thing well and uh you you ready for our next the next one from agent rebecca is that the one you have that is the next one i have all right because in her in her ps there's a there's a theory about lash that sorry agent rebecca wow go ahead i'm getting the feels just reading it go ahead from agent rebecca on will Hi, guys. I had a thought yesterday while I was listening to the podcast about 4,722 hours. Let's say that the being on this alien planet is personified death. Let's also say that Fitz and Simmons are unsuccessful in rebuilding the monolith and getting Will back to the show. Fast forward to the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The Guardians have discovered a lead in the search for Thanos. Something about his fascination with death. And head out to follow it takes them to this planet, and they end up finding and rescuing Will. I'm not going to say it's an official theory, but I think it would be pretty cool. Your thoughts? I love this, how the show has evolved and loved listening to the podcast. Keep up the good work. P.S. I've also been thinking that Rosalind's second-in-command could be Lash. But I love the theory that maybe he's Andrew. And I'll just say, that whole theory about the second-in-command being Lash, you're in good company. Because Mac thought so too. So don't feel bad, anyone. Don't feel bad, anyone. Now, my theory, I feel bad. Ah, uh, nameless person. <laughs> hey, we didn't talk uh, about what Fitz was doing when he was uh, in this episode, trying to run these simulations about opening a portal and then also reading a lot of stuff about Will Daniels. Not Vance Astro. Yeah, that was sad. It was a little bit sad. It was. All right. Uh, this is from Agent AV. And the subject is Andrew in Humans and Lash. Message. Gentlemen, great job as always with the podcast. First off, sorry about your cubbies, as they seem to be in more critical condition than Dr. Andrew Garner right now. <laughs> As a Mets fan, I can't complain about the results so far, but I decided before the series started to root for the Cubbies in the World Series should they beat the Mets in the NLCS. So I do feel a little bad about it. Well, they they did win, lose the World Series. I hope you may find it in your heart to root for the Mets should they advance to the World Series, especially since they have three players by the comic book nicknames Captain America, the Dark Knight, and Thor. That's David Wright, Matt Harvey, and Noah Syndergaard. And and the answer is no, I couldn't. I couldn't do it because, well, I used to live in Kansas for eight years. So I actually feel really good for the Royals. 
Some of the best baseball I ever saw was at Kaufman. Some of the worst baseball I ever saw was at Kaufman. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Agent AV goes on to say, I watched the, la- the latest episode very late last night and have a few thoughts. We know from Coulson's simulation in the season premiere that the Terrigen started spreading in the Pacific Ocean and would spread worldwide in 17 months. We know Andrew and Melinda were vacationing in Hawaii, located right in the middle of the Pacific. Is it possible Andrew was exposed to the Terrigen and much to his surprise turned out to be an inhuman, which is why he left Melinda so suddenly? Furthermore, is it possible Andrew is actually Lash and is not in control of his actions when he changes much like the Hulk? He teaches psychology at Culver University, the same university we saw in The Incredible Hulk. So it would be a nice connection. So wait a minute, is it possible that he knows... Doc Samson? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the same university that Doc Samson was there, right? Well. I mean, he didn't have the uh, long green locks of hair, but it was uh, it was the father from uh, huh. Modern Family. Yeah. Y- yes, it was Phil Dumphy. Yeah. Huh. My first thought after seeing the shadow of Lash shrink down to a normal size was it will be someone we know from the ATCU. However... When Lash first appeared at Lincoln's Hospital, Rosalind and her team were on the Washington Metro with Coulson, so it couldn't be her second in command or her. Also, in the end scene with Werner von Strucker blowing up the building, he didn't look remorseful. He looked scared. If Andrew is Lash, could he have lashed out and escaped? What do you guys think? Am I on to something? Or do you think I'm way off? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Are you on to something? Well, I think we actually should probably say yes, you were on to something. Absolutely, because you have been proven to be correct. <laughs> so just we got to get Phil Dumphy, Ty Burrell on Agents of Shield. Oh, I want that. Doc Sampson. It just makes sense. I mean, Andrew is kind yeah. of filling that Doc Sampson role as the psychologist who's who's helping out superpowered people, but then again, he's also Lash. So, But the Pacific, that makes sense. Right? It does. It does. So the next message is also a website comment that came through our, our comment form. And you want to read that one? The subject is, I am quite sure who is Lash. Well, again, another confidence here. I can't understand why you guys don't get who Lash is. It's very obvious to me. Simply, Andrew is Lash. This explains why Lash didn't kill Daisy and also why Andrew would leave May suddenly without any words because he was cocooned. This also explains why the kid was so scared when he saw Andrew transform and kill his fellows. In short, Boom. we're idiots. Uh, yeah, and these are all comments that came out before. it. I mean, they, they came to us before this episode aired. And yeah, yeah, I... Again, I, I think there's some good theories that were put out, logical theories that were put out. But uh, We get another Agent Ben writing in. Subject line, season three so far. Hey, agents, I would like to share a thought about how much the episode from season one, The Well, has consistently been used as a device for pivotal episodes. For example, when Ward and his brother meet the backstory... Uh, when Ward and his brother meet, the backstory is there, and the actual well is used later. May's first reveal of a darker past event is hinted and then paid off with the episode where she kills the inhuman girl and the rescue of Simmons this season. There could also be more, but those 
I can think of now. So why do I mention this? Because I think our Asgardian, Professor Randolph, from that episode will be found to be on a similar mission as the Kree and may in fact know who Lash is and who Lash is working for. Hints of an alien cold war between Asgardians and Kree with Earth as a past future proxy war with some new with some new very ancient inhumans fighting for both sides, Kree and Asgard, or independently. Maybe some hints to a future film like Thor Ragnarok. Anyway, just wanted to end with the well is deeper than we thought. So I, I don't know how much movie stuff this is going to push, but an Asgardian and Kree Cold War with Earth kind of caught in between, that could be kind of cool to have just going on in the background as... Uh, well, much like the way they do background stuff for some of the other things that were going on. Um, Deep, like yeah. a well. <laughs> so uh, this next email, Daniel, this is one that you had sent me from a friend of yours. Well, I do need to clarify one other piece of feedback. Oh, okay. Agent Mika asked, do you put agent in front of everyone's name? And the answer is yes. Yes, we do. We, we took a vote. I won. Wait. Did you jump ahead then? You did. Man, I'm a jumper. Yeah, okay. Well. And, and thank you for the kind words appreciating the show. So then. So now subject sick. Well, do you know why that uh, the subject of that line is sick? Well, you look. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm digging deeper. I do see you've got a sick kid. Yeah, but. <laughs> Because uh, Agent Jeff um, is a close personal friend, and, and I actually sent him an email just letting him know, hey, I had a sick kid this day. And so it wasn't sick about anything on the uh, on the show. But the thing is, is, here's the thing. If you're a friend of mine and you send me email that has information or questions about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I, in fact, tell you, well, I have a show about that. So you'll just have to wait. <clears throat> well, why don't you... Tell us what he said. Okay, agents. Number one, it could affect the planet weather, but it couldn't go down this ladder? Well, to be fair, he had a rope, and he was, like, holding down the hatch. Yeah, yeah. Boyfriend isn't an astronaut and has killed the others. Gemma thinks, lived thanks to her sex and him wanting a mate. Okay, Will is a hero. We saw the newspaper. Yeah, we, we did see the newspaper this episode. So that number that, three that boyfriend is mental, doesn't want to leave. Eh, really? Eh. Eh. I, I, number four. I, I think he wants to go home. Yeah. Poor Fitz saves her, but still isn't the one. I think oh, a lot Ben's of people agree with that one. I have been there. I saved someone's life. They didn't care. They went and off and got What is it? And is it the being and the boyfriend one and the same or somehow united or paired? The answer I have for that is he's Dr. Doom. <laughs> uh, no, I actually think I, I think the best guess of any is personification. Go ahead, say Personification of death. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah I, I think, think that's as good a guess as anything else. Did you have any Doctor Who flashbacks when they he kind of took a form of a person in a spacesuit? No. Yes. No. no. Yeah. We don't talk about Doctor Who, remember? Oh, that's right. Not allowed. I do. All the time. Yeah, well, 
I've this never seen Doctor Who in my entire life. I'm liking this wink, new Doctor. Wink. Subject: Lash versus Daisy from Agent Carl. Finally getting caught up on all things MCU. What a great summer and an even better start to season three. Was trying to puzzle out why Lash did not kill Daisy and started thinking about how she is different from the other Inhumans. Then it came to me, the Diviner. Everyone else that has been targeted by Lash was transformed by an inferior, Inhuman-made, cheap knockoff of the original. Maybe the transformation isn't entirely the same and Lash is hunting those that are missing that special something. And how fortunate for Ward that Andrew was in public and a Hydra team was on hand exactly when he needed them. Has Andrew had a shadow for a while? Ben inserting here. I I think he actually did because I think Ward was targeting Andrew because of Andrew's relationship with May. Uh, Back to the email. Or was it just a coincidence that they started to track him just as soon as May started to infiltrate Hydra? And interjecting here, I think that this was a plan that they weren't expecting to put into play and Melinda May and and Lance Hunter uh, pushed the timeline up on that one. And so they went ahead and did it anyway. Uh, also, on your late, last podcast, I was surprised that you did not th- discuss the idea of Andrew being a human. It would explain why he left May so suddenly and why he's sympathizing and protecting those who have transformed. It also gives a great reason for Strucker Jr.'s absolute look of horror when he was running away from the grocery store. Thanks for all you do. Sorry about the cubbies. At least they made it that far. And Agent Carl, nice job with uh, Andrew being an inhuman. But as we know, it's not just an inhuman. It's that inhuman. I'm just saying, Ben, I, I predicted a third place finish and that's what I got. So that nice playoff run was just bonus. It was just bonus. Third place? Yeah, I, amazing. We got it in the playoffs in third place. Real good division. Real good. Okay. There's a wild card system. I'll explain it to you later. Hey, uh, do you want to take this next one? It's long. You want me to read it instead? From, from well, Agent Kurt. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one. You can take the next one, okay? Yes. Candy time. <laughs> oh, man. Should have known. Okay. Howdy, gentlemen. Agent Kurt or... Avocado Kurt, whichever you prefer now. Here to talk about some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This was not only an anticipated episode for the season, but also an anticipated podcast episode because I needed to hear your thoughts on it. This was a smart and ambitious episode because of the heavy focus on Simmons. Her story told over the course of many, many hours and the lack of the other characters. All I can say about this episode is that I knew it. After episode three, when all those theories about why Simmons would want to go back to the planet, I knew in the back of my mind that a man had to be involved, and my heart was broken this week. Regardless of my feelings towards Simmons' love life, this was a strong episode, and full kudos to Elizabeth Henstridge, who killed it in this episode. I've loved her since first season, but this was the best we've seen from her, and I loved her performance in this episode. We get to see everything straight from the time Simmons got taken away to the point when she was found. At first, she was optimistic, even though she was hungry, tired, and alone. She didn't give up hope, kept logs of her movements, and even fought a water-based space monster for food. She was quite resourceful and courageous, but beyond that, there was that connection to Fitz, the anchor, as you put it, her friend, and a solid belief he would find her and save her. That was beautiful and showed again why these two are so solid as a pair when it comes to hope and knowing each other's feelings. Oh, and I think that point when Simmons used her phone to power the machine and said goodbye to Fitz was also like her saying goodbye to him in terms of a relationship, too. 
Having Will Daniels present was great as it gave perspective on how not only how bad the situation gets, but also how the planet works and where one should and shouldn't go. At first, I wasn't sure if I'd like him to be invested like her. At first, I wasn't sure if I'd like him or be invested in him, but he had a good backstory with his research team, losing them to the sand monster, Grim Reaper, and being stranded in space, having to live alone until Simmons came. I love how there were some lighthearted elements to the show with some of the banter between Will and Simmons, but also with Simmons talking to herself as well. But it also didn't forget about the difficulties of living in a deserted location, how having faith in something or someone can only last for so long and that everyone reaches a breaking point. And after Simmons broke, she found solace in Will and those two got it on. And while I'm happy for Simmons to finally hook up with someone, part of me shed a tear for the well and truly friend-zoned fits. I've been there, so I can relate. As for when Simmons finished her story and it cut to Fitz's reaction, I probably would have done the same. There was a mixture of emotions in that moment. I think he was disappointed, saddened, and frustrated. But afterward, he got over his feelings and chose to do what was right for Simmons and showed on the computer that he was going to get well Will back. That, my friends, is a true gentleman. Fitz, always the good guy, but unfortunately not enough for Simmons. <laughs> I added that in. That wasn't in the email. Um, I was also curious about the mysterious figure, Sand Grim Reaper, who showed up during the sandstorms. Who or what is it? Does it have powers? How did it kill the other people? Will it kill Will? I want to know. My only nitpick was in relation to the food. How much did Will have? I mean, the dude would have needed to ration his food heavily to live for 14 years alone. But then for him to share it with Simmons, too? There just couldn't have been that much food unless there was. And if so, I would have liked for that to have been addressed. Well, that's my thoughts, gentlemen. Can't wait to see Graviton and Deathlock later on in Season 3. Fingers crossed. Agent Kurt out. And I would say, how much food did we'll have? Well, how many pools of water with a living plant monster was there? I think that that will have been around long enough to be able to find the grubs, to find the the food that he could hunt and the food that he could grow. I, I think hey, he's a resourceful kind of guy. You know, you've seen the Martian, so you know. I you haven't could, seen it yet. You can science that. I haven't seen it yet, Daniel. They do address this. She goes out hunting. Well, I should say gathering. Yeah. yeah. So they do make it clear that they are at least gathering the some The planet food. sustains them. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the not, nature of the planet sustains them. It, it's not just his supplies. All right, next email from Agent Ed. You got this one? I might. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I've got uh, it. Okay. Subject, episode oh, feedback. Oh, oh okay. I, oh, it opened I, now. Uh, Agent Ed, I just finished this week's episode, and I can't help thinking about the potential past of two newly introduced former employees of NASA. Are Will and Rosalind former friends or foes? Ooh. Could one of Rosalind's last names also be the last name of Will? Could Rosalind no. current Rosalind's current events all be tied to bringing Will back? Will the eventual reunion lead to the end of the Fitzsimmons love triangle? Thanks for the great podcast, Agent Ed. Agent Ed, I love this theory. The cardiologist, it's all a lie. Cancer it could be all a lie. lie. I, I'm I'm right there that she could be a lying liar who lies lies, but this is outstanding. You think so? It is. 
Go up, play it for me. I was about Drop to ask, how, to how outstanding is it, Daniel? Is it this it's, outstanding for you? The new prize winner of the day. I feel good. I feel good about that. I don't know if I would go as far as Agent Ed goes with that, but the possibility of being former colleagues, I think that there is a possibility there. Uh, let's see. This is a website comment. We don't normally do website comments. We usually re- reply to them on the website, but this one's a longer one. It's not, no, I'm just going to read it. It's, it's from agent Rachel. It says, hello, I caught up on all your previous episodes between season two and three. So I'm finally listening on schedule now. Thank you for many enjoyable hours of commuting. I am writing for the first time because I just watched the devils, you know, for the second time. And two things occurred to me first. I think Lash is Rosalind's right hand. I am sure we know his name, but I don't remember it, so I will stick with henchman number one. As Daisy and Mac pointed out, henchman number one left the scene before they did when they were riding in the truck. What if it was not just to clean up the base for shield viewing? What if it was also because he needed to change in order to do what was necessary? With his access, he could... uh, Yeah. Mac already said all this, Agent Rachel. And again, you're in good company. Mac was right there with you. Second, I think that Andrew is not dead. I think he's an inhuman, and that is why he left May so suddenly when they were on vacation. He changed without her knowing, or maybe before, and couldn't bring himself to tell her for some reason. It would also explain why he was so upset by Alicia's presence on the mission, and why he kept telling May that he had handled things wrong. In addition, we never saw the face that belonged to the body in the store before it blew up, and something scared the bejesus out of Mr. Hydra. So these are my theories on the front. I can't wait for next week, and very pleased to sign myself for the first time, Agent Rachel. And again, the the inhuman theory. I mean, these are all. It's so cool that the theories are so flowing. Um, it's also so interesting to me to see how many people thought it was Banks, and the show, the sh- the writers of the show, they headed they, that they off. They wanted us to they, think it. They did, and they did a good job. Um, but yeah, Agent Rachel, you're in good company with with Mac, and. Yeah, I, I don't know who will be more surprised when they find out that about Andrew, um, if the other members of the the team or us listeners and or viewers rather. So, hey, did you get the and again the last... all those theories, all those theories that we'll never be able to take advantage of yeah. now? Well, this is a fast moving season. Do you have the 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 email from Agent Stephanie? I can't remember if I forwarded it to you or not. Um, I don't think I have any additional ones, sir. All right, I'll go ahead and read it then, and you can finish your Kit Kat. Subject, Big Blue Psychologist. This one actually came... Yeah, this one came during the episode, actually. It says, wait, what? Andrew is Lash? I know I saw online that some people thought he was, but I wrote it off as a crack theory, especially since I was convinced he was dead. These writers are evil. Poor May thought he did he ditched her, but he was cocooned somewhere and then started murdering people. Looks like May and Hunter will make up sooner rather than later, so that's good. Hunter was the greatest in this episode. Everything he did had me cracking up. Shipwise, Colsaland is growing on me. I <laughs> Colsaland. It works. It, it works for me. I think it's solid. I'm, I'm maybe 12% sure she's trustworthy now so that's an improvement and i am so relieved to learn that lincoln checks in with daisy 
kind of upset me to think about him all alone and on the run, but at least they get a few minutes on the phone here and there, and Coulson's bad choices didn't completely destroy his trust in her. Uh, Lincoln's trust in her. I just hope for his sake that he continues to make unknowingly wise decisions and stays far away from S.H.I.E.L.D. until they do something about Andrew. Maybe Coulson can get Rosalind to put him in one of the orange jello crates. Agent Stephanie. Yeah. Man, this is huge. This is huge. I, I do have one problem with Andrew being Lash. And I'm just going to throw it out there right now. And that is we've had this kind of reveal with Ward already. Where we had someone well, with who Garrett. Was, we had it with Garrett. We've had it with Ward. Someone on the team, in the team, trusted by the team, turning out to be evil. Well, and that's why we didn't see it coming at all. Never saw Start it coming. coming. It's because we already lived this. We did. We did. And, and that's my one problem with it, is that to take someone who was a trusted member and make him lash, dramatically, it really works well. But we've been there before. We've been there before. That's what he said. So, Daniel, you got any any final words before we uh, shut down this part of the episode and, and talk a little bit about heroes? Well, again, this was just a really characterly dense episode. There's a lot of stuff going on here that we just need to take note of. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm looking forward to next week. I'm really looking forward to next week. And speaking of next week, I mean, it's not next week, but it's coming up very soon. We've got Jessica Jones coming in two days and two weeks oh, from today's date. Because it just, yeah, it's it's happening. It's happening soon. Am I going to be watching that? I think you are. Oh, okay. I think you are. So I, I guess my final. Time off work. Yeah, I guess my final words are, are for you, Daniel. As I, I think about the, the podcasting that we are doing right now and the podcasting that we are going to do. And I just I just have to say, Daniel, that I want us to get it right. But there's some things we have to really focus on, Daniel. Are you ready to focus on these things? Do you know focus. what I'm talking about? How about professionalism? Doing the job smart. Not getting people killed. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening, and remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place.
All right, Daniel, let's talk a little bit about Heroes Reborn. Okay, sit I back, relax, and let's... I can't remember the name of the episode other than it was the date of the event that Part they traveled one. back in time to see. Yeah, to did, what, June 17th, part one? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little weird in the titling because they also have that chapter <laughs> title that goes on there as well. But Well, now I'm going a little nuts because I'm wondering if June 17th, that's the date, isn't it? It was June something or other or July or August. No, it's June. It's May. most definitely June. May. Daniel, time travel. We got time travel. We got shenanigans. Ooh, June thirteenth. June thirteenth. Part one. And Hero took us back in time. Don't step on butterflies. We find out now why uh, Noah um, was uh, why they were. I mean, Noah is there following himself. Noah. I'm assuming we're going to get a, a mind wipe from Noah because he's going to be in contact with himself coming up. But Well, and we know that he asked the Haitian to do the wipe. Yeah, and he also needs to do the wipe so that they don't find out about Claire Bear's twins. Okay, I'm going to just drop this right now. It was a huge mistake on their part, a huge blunder, a huge absence that in that entire scene – that he never called her Claire Bear. He could have been, he could have shown his heartfelt sickness about the fact that his daughter had passed away. And we would have known their connection just by saying Claire Bear. I just think, some, somewhere in this episode. I think that they the connection was there. I think never once was there. But... When he called, he could have said Claire Bear. Come on. Oh, there's plenty of opportunity for him to have said it, but I don't think him not saying it hurt. It hurt the episode. The, at, at no point, Claire Bear was never because I'm it didn't hurt the, the episode for me, Daniel. I'm just going to put time, it out there for you. Well, I was not. And so I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fun. There was time travel stuff. There was double time travel stuff. We had theft from Star Wars. We had uh, we had the twins. We had uh, who is the sister? Is it the girl that's coming down from the Arctic? Yep. Uh, that's her. And, and then you've got the brother. You've got the son who he's taken over to. I, I, th I thought it was so cool that he was given to the nurse, but in the past. So it's the nurse that's taking care of Claire and helping them, right? Who's the father that taught Tommy? That I don't know. Because Tommy seems to be on his mission to save the world in the a year ago or whenever. He he seems to be on task there. And he said that dad, you know, I, I've learned everything I can from dad. Was Hero dad? Did Hero have a connection, a spark with this nurse? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I like the time travel, the way it wrapped around on itself. I like that kind of storytelling. I like that... It wasn't a reset button yet. That well, might I mean, that, next that was always the complaint about Hero is that Hero's the reset button. I've even said it here on this show. He's the reset. Oh, don't worry about that. Hero just reset it. And so far, he hasn't because he's being so careful not to. And he's been very intentional about that. And yeah. He, he, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, look at this chick I picked up. Oh, yeah. I did say that. 
Sorry. But there was I I didn't like the special effects. <laughs> there was some pretty poor special effects, Daniel. Okay. They're not getting that better. Was, uh, agents season 1 were jumping into the plane explosion quality. I get it. Yeah. It seemed like there was something else that bothered me, but I can't remember what it was. I'm, I just I'm really surprised. Well, I don't know. I was surprised that stealing from Star Wars didn't didn't bug you. Yeah, uh, Heroes has always stolen from things, and I've been okay borrowed. Borrowed. Oh, so you're talking out of both sides of your mouth here. One side you're saying borrowed. One side you're saying stole. If we've learned anything about me and heroes is that I do talk out of both sides of my mouth. All right. All right. I just talk out of the front of my mouth, man. Just the front right, of my so mouth. Let's, let, let's, let's establish the big point. Claire's dead, dead, dead. Yeah. Claire's not just on a network, another network dead. She's dead, dead. I mean, they, they have taken care of that. There's no coming back from this. Because basically the kids are what's replacing her. I'm assuming somehow their birth is what's led to her death. They're special. And they can't be special to be blunt if she's alive. Yeah. And then you also get that idea of uh, going back to Star Wars, you know, balance the force. Anakin would bring balance. Well, how did he bring balance? His kid brought balance. And save the cheerleader, save the world. Well, her kids. By saving the cheerleader as a kid, you save the world because of her kids. Who's the dad, by the way? I mean, when I say who's the dad, I mean who's the father of the twins? Because Tommy's had a father figure. Uh, but then he's also had the penny man who has been recruited to follow and help uh, at this point. Well, I think it's pretty clear that um, the father is probably a mixed up um, martial monk of some sort that's not supposed to be attached to to others in relationships. Might be named Anakin. I mean, but the pity man, the pity man is awesome. I love the pity man. I love the power. I love him popping open that briefcase and seeing all those pennies. I am really hoping that the power is not in the penny, but it's the transaction that he has to, in order to take the memory, he has to purchase it with a token of some sort. So, you know, it could be a nickel man. So maybe like the, the power is unlocked in his own mind because he's, he feels like he's earned the memory by, by paying for it. Exactly. There's some sort of an exchange to receive it. No, there's some cool elements with that character. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I do remember the other thing I had a problem with is seeing our serial killing couple before they start their serial killing rampage and they're just normal. Well, <laughs> you see they're normal, but, you know, they're dealing with a son with solar ultra. What? What? Disorder? It was a disease. He doesn't have a power. He has a disease. And they're going to the people who have the powers to try and get a cure for the disease. At least that's the way I'm kind of reading it. <laughs> and, eh, you know, we already talked about uh, Rosalind equating being a human with me having a disease. But in Heroes especially, there's powers that are kind of useless. 
and maybe maybe a skin disease is a power. It's just manifesting in a way that really hurts him. But then dad's power is creating flame out of solar energy or something like that. And when, and when you think about it, dad's power would actually cause him pain. Yeah. So that's that's the one thing I, I don't like. But I I enjoyed this episode a lot. And yeah, I mean, all the way through the end, I was enjoying myself, even though there are homages or ripoffs or stealing from stories. I, I don't care. Uh, this was, this is one of those great artists borrow. Yeah. So that's my final word, Daniel. What's your final word? It's heroes. I like it. <laughs> Fair enough. Did you have any other details you'd like to get into? No, we hit the major points that I wanted to go on. Okay. Again, I, the big one for me is Claire's dead, dead. Yeah. You know, there's, there's not going to be a mini series in two years. I think, I think. Kring has killed her. Yeah, I think so too. Don't, Mohinder's don't back. <laughs> For how long? I, you know, I forgot Mohinder had powers. I did too. I totally well, forgot. I think there was like a season where everybody got powers. I think I had a powers by the end of that season. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Shield's going there too, giving Andrew the power. And yeah. All right. Well. With that said, then, I think it's time for us to shut down this recording and head to bed. What do you think? Works for me. All right. Candy is dropping. <laughs>